Proverbs chapter 23, verses 22 through 25. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. The word of the Lord. So next week is our um, sort of last week in Proverbs for a while. I'm sure I'll refer back to it, but we'll be wrapping up our uh, Everyday Wisdom series and then our Wisdom for the Holiday series. Uh, And so uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, But this week, we're continuing our Wisdom uh, for the Holidays. The first week, we talked about gifts and gift giving and then wine or alcohol last week and this week we're talking about family uh, and so it'll be fun to sing Lord I need you as a closing prayer that's great uh, uh, as a closing song but let me pray and then we'll get started Heavenly Father uh, thank you thank you for family thank you that we get to spend time with family Lord willing over the holidays uh, Christmas time I pray that you would give us wisdom as we approach this uh, uh, some families can be super easy to hang out with and others can be difficult. And so I just pray for everyone in this room that we would be able to enjoy uh, those loved ones that you have given us and uh, be wise about our interactions. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I do think that uh, most of us are going to spend hopefully some time with family or maybe uh, someone you care about uh, over Christmas time. Uh, you know, typically, we spend time with our nuclear family. Uh, so nuclear means like small, the immediate family, the parents, the uh, children, uh, or maybe some of you spend time with your extended family, right? Uh, in-laws, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, adopted family members, uh, adopted uncles and aunts, whatever it is, you spend time with them. Uh, and that can be a big part of what the Christmas season is all about. For some of us, this is great fun. Uh, you enjoy spending time with them. It's, it's kind of easy. You all get along real well. And for some of us, it can really stress us out. For some of you, it can, it can really bring, be a time of anxiety because there are emotions that are attached with hanging out with family. Sometimes it's a balance of both those things, right? Where it's like wonderful one moment and then it's stressful the next. It can switch back and forth. So we are all at kind of different places uh, in our uh, relationships with our families. Well, today I want us to look at the book of Proverbs and kind of look at three gifts. Uh, I don't know if it really ties into like the wise men or anything like that, but three gifts that we can bring to our Christmas uh, celebrations with family. Uh, three gifts that we can give to them and even give to ourselves. And these gifts, they don't like cost any money, uh, but they do cost you something. Uh, they, they cost you some effort uh, and, and uh, some wisdom, uh, putting into practice the things that you are learning here in the scriptures. Uh, and so the three gifts are the gift of peace, the gift of respect, and the gift of contentment. These are the three gifts I hope that we can all bring uh, to our time with family this Christmas. And so let's talk about the first gift. The first gift is the gift of peace. Proverbs says just how important peace is uh, in kind of a a little bit of a reverse way in that it it like severely judges troublemakers. (laughs) So it it, it is really um, 
highlighting the importance of peace by saying, don't cause trouble. Uh, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and the final one, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. God hates those who stir up conflict within a family. The ESV, uh, which translates this a little bit more carefully, says, uh, one who sows discord among brothers. So instead of a person in a community, it says one who sows discord among brothers. And so this applies to our families when we spend time with brothers and sisters and moms and dads and uncles and aunts, grandparents. We as believers, as Christians, should be working hard to not stir up conflict, to not fight. And so I think there are three ways that we can kind of bring the gift of peace to our families this Christmas. The first is uh, to don't start conflict. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Don't, don't start it. Uh, uh, you know, as family members, uh, we're very familiar with each other's buttons, right? It's like we invented each other's buttons. We, we, we know the things that bother uh, each other. We know those topics that if we bring those up, it'll, it'll just kind of get under their skin. Uh, we know words and ways of interacting that can uh, really stir up conflict. And so let's try not to do those. Those can be tempting. Uh, but let's, let's, let's not do that. And let's not react when they push our buttons. Uh, Proverbs 17, 14 says this, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute <laughs> breaks out. Uh, we can all probably relate to the, the time we're like, man, that was going so well until <laughs> that thing happened or I said that thing or they said that thing and then, well, just chaos, right? Uh, Jesus uh, does not bless the instigators. Like The Bible doesn't say, blessed are the instigators. It says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And so if you know Jesus, if he is your king, and you know your heavenly Father, and the Holy Spirit is in you, then you're a child of God. As children of God, we're not to be children of conflict. Uh, we're not to be children of anxiety and stirring things up. We are to be children of peace, children of harmony, children of uh, working together. And so uh, we really need to uh, draw our identity first from that relationship, because when you like when you go home for the holidays or you're spending time with family, you invite them into your home, it's like we can, we can tend to revert to those old patterns, right? We just kind of find our old place in the family system and begin to interact as we used to. And sometimes that can be lots of conflict and kind of poking at each other. But if we first draw our identity from our relationship with our Heavenly Father and say that's our first family, that can change the way that we interact with the family that God has given us in this life. Because there will be times when we get upset. There will be times when we get angry. Does anyone here, just by a show of hands, uh, like Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Okay, how about, how about Daniel Tiger? Anyone here a fan of Daniel Tiger? A, a, couple, a couple parents, uh, a couple kids? Uh, right? These are like the two generations. But I, I, So I've been getting into Daniel Tiger these days. You might have guessed there's someone in my house who's really passionate about Daniel Tiger. Monica, I don't know why she's into it. Uh, uh, but there's one episode where uh, Daniel Tiger, he gets mad uh, because he can't go to the jungle beach. Uh, and so he learns this song. His mom teaches him this song uh, to sing. When you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. 
One, two, three, four. Uh, I think that's a great little song. Maybe some of you are like, why didn't you sing it for us, Jonathan? Well, you don't really want to hear that. Uh, I think we could all benefit from having a little Daniel Tiger with us uh, this uh, Christmas. When, uh, when things come up, when you feel so mad, just take a deep breath and count to four. Uh, and thankfully, we have the other part of this, right? We have the divine part. We have the Holy Spirit uh, who can come and minister to us in those moments. Uh, we have the Holy Spirit who can remind us of our true and heavenly, our, our, our heavenly family, our eternal family with God and, and his love for us. Uh, and so if you need this, this is on Amazon Prime, uh, season one, episode four. Please feel free to watch it uh, as, a, as an application to this sermon. Uh, all right, so the first one is don't start conflict. And the second one, how to bring the gift of peace, is just to don't further conflict. Uh, you know, people say like, well, they started it, but I'm going to finish it. Well, that's not anywhere in the Bible. Uh, this doesn't lead to anything Good. And so sometimes you already know that you're wading into a situation where two family members aren't getting along. Well, it's just your job to not add fuel to the fire. Right? Don't, don't make the, the, the fire worse. Uh, bring peace if you can. But there are a number of ways that we can like, not further the conflict, not make things worse. Uh, the first one I think is pretty obvious. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit before, Proverbs 26.20. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, without a, gossip a quarrel dies down. And so I think it's so easy to gossip and talk about family members and, and, and just, that's just part of normal interaction sometimes. But maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> maybe if we intentionally try not to gossip about each other, that will actually help uh, the, any sort of conflict that is present to, to, to die down. I think this is a helpful definition of gossip. I don't think it's the perfect definition, but it's one that I've been thinking about. Gossip, saying something negative about anyone or anything to someone who can't do anything about it. Uh, and so just being careful with our words. To say, okay, I'm saying something negative, but can this person do anything about this? Um, obviously, you have a family, and so sometimes you do need to step in and say things. But uh, I don't think we're always called to do that. Uh, I don't know if I really need to give you examples of family gossip, because every family is different. Uh, some, some lines that I, I came up with on my own, I'm sure you could come up with better ones, but something like this. Well, last Christmas, I gave her a really nice gift, and she gave me socks. Well, that could be the start of a conversation about gossip. You can gossip about socks, folks. Uh, uh, the kids act that way because they're having trouble in their marriage, or I can't believe he did it again. And so these are little things that you can say, oh, maybe I'm starting to get into gossip. And maybe I just need to be careful because, you know, I want to be a peacemaker. I want to bring the gift of peace. And so I need to be careful with my words. So just maybe say a little prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Some families, this might not be an issue at all. And praise God if that is your family. But if your family is prone to gossip, just pray before you go into it. Lord, help me to honor you with the words I say and the thoughts I think. Uh, now, there's also the temptation, just like gossip can further a conflict, so can wading into the conflict and trying to solve the conflict. Proverbs warns about that as well. Proverbs 26, 17, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel not their own. That's, uh, that's a pretty good advice. That's pretty good advice. And they don't mean like little Fido or like the cute little puppy. It's like stray wild dogs, like coyotes or wolves that are going to bite you. 
do some serious damage. It's, it's so easy to take sides in a family because you already know people's history, right? And so you know who you think is right or who you think is wrong. And so it's easy to be like, well, I think, give the gift of peace. You know, don't further the conflict. And so uh, this, is just, this is just really good advice from the book of uh, Proverbs, just good wisdom. And then the final way to bring the gift of peace is to be patient. Uh, be patient with your family. Endure with your family. We have a God, we have a Father in heaven who endures with us, who sticks it out. And so let this be an encouragement to endure. Uh, Proverbs tells us that practicing patience, actually just being patient with people in the midst of conflict, can help create peace. You can be a peacemaker by being a patient person. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says this, A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Just simply, like you're not trying to control anyone else, you're just practicing patience in the words you say and the ways that you interact with those in your family, with those around you. Uh, and so you can help bring it to an end. I think that's really beautiful, and that's like a really simple thing we can do. Okay, I'm going to practice patience. I don't, and I'm not preaching this sermon from a place of having done all these things. I'm like, oh man, I need to do that, I need to do that, I need to do that. And so this has been just a, a good convicting reminder for me as well. Uh, a person's wisdom yields patience. Uh, and so, um, but what about if like, you hear someone talking about you? Like, well, you're like, okay, now I'm the one getting attacked. Now my buttons are being pushed. Well, uh, Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. This doesn't mean we should avoid talking with someone if they have hurt us or there's a genuine disagreement, uh, especially if you're feeling wounded and it just won't go away, uh, or if there's just like a, a moment that you can do some good. Uh, but if it's possible, if you're like, you know what, I can, I can, I can, I can forgive and move forward, then, uh, and if that's a genuine like forgiveness, like I can, I can genuinely forgive and move forward, then it's your glory. It's your glory. Uh, to overlook that. Like that's, there's honor in that. Uh, as I was studying uh, for my sermon on gifting, uh, or gift giving a couple weeks ago, uh, I ran across this article on gift giving that really resonated with me, and I just wanted to read a section from this author, John Bloom. Bloom. Uh, he takes the First Corinthians passage, the passage on love, and, and kind of applies it to Christmas. And I think kind of the giving the gift of peace, it's all rooted in this love for your family, love for those around you. And I just really liked the ways that he, he put this in practical, like everyday language. He said, love gives the gift of patience when Christmas celebrations don't go as planned. Love gives the gift of kindness when holiday tempers flare, insensitive comments are spoken, and expectations are disappointed. Love gives the gift of not envying those whose Christmases seem happier. Not boasting over social media with a picture-perfect and misleading holiday moment. Not seeking its own way in a group decision over a holiday leisure activity. Not being irritable with adrenalized children or crabby relatives. And not carrying resentment over past or present relational offenses. And so we can give the gift of peace by giving, giving love to each other. By not starting conflict, not furthering it, being patient. And this isn't possible, though, in our own power, is it? Like, we need the Holy Spirit to come and help us do this. We need, like, we need divine 
aid. Like, Lord, I need you. <laughs> yes, I need you. We can all like sing that as you go like marching in for your Christmas dinner or whatever. Uh, we need to remember the Holy Spirit. We need to call on him and we need to remember uh, the gospel. We try to talk about the gospel every week at Cornerstone. Gospel means good news. And, and good news actually, before you get to the good news, you start with the bad news. Here's the bad news. In yourself, in your own power, in your own birth, in kind of who you are, apart from God, you're not a member of God's family. You're actually an enemy of God. The Bible calls you a child of wrath. That's pretty serious, to be a child of God's wrath. That's the bad news. In your own sin, you are at odds with God. But the good news is the gospel is that you can be reconciled to God. That means your relationship can be made right with God. You can go from being enemies with God to being friends with God. For him to become your father, to love you. Uh, and he, he does this through the sacrificial death of his son. Like that's how bad our sins are. <laughs> that's how bad our sins are, that Jesus needed to die uh, for us on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can be forgiven and made clean and new and welcomed into God's family. It's by the blood of Jesus that we can come into God's family. And I love this phrase from Christianity Explored. It's, it's this idea that, you know what, you are far more sinful than you realize. But you are much more deeply loved than you ever imagined. And that's what the gospel is. That we're, we're, we're far more sinful and broken than we realize. But God loves us enough to send his son to rescue us. This is the gospel and this is good news. And now, because of that, we can become ministers of reconciliation. We can, we can, we can share the grace, right? Well, if I'm, if I'm far more loved than, you know, than I can imagine, then I should love those around me. If I'm, I'm forgiven for more things than I, than I realize, well, then I can forgive those around me, right? I can forgive family members. I can forgive, uh, I can forgive friends. I can forgive those people that I'm bumping into. Like, if God, if God loves me that way, then I can love them that way. 2 Corinthians, 15, 18, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 19 actually says this is our job. <laughs> like this is, this is what it means to be a Christian. Uh, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled the world, reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're all involved in this ministry of reconciliation every single day of our lives. We are to be people that bring reconciliation, that, bring, uh, uh, that makes peace between enemies. And sometimes that has to start, often that has to start with those people that we, we know the best and that we love and that we care about. And so this is only possible by the Holy Spirit. But we ask God, God, how can, I, how can I, Heavenly Father, how can I be a minister of reconciliation in my family this Christmas? In those broken relationships, in those, those, those hurt moments. Uh, and how can I show grace when, when, when we inevitably mess up? Now, maybe you don't know God. You know, maybe you're, you can't say, I'm reconciled with God, because you, you're still kind of walking your own way. You're in your own family. You're, you're kind of the head of your own kingdom, you're saying, like, God, I'm doing things my way. Well, then you need to come to, to God, and you need to be reconciled with God. Otherwise, this isn't possible. Like, you could have the, the, like the picture-perfect, peaceful Christmas but if, with your family, with whoever. But if you're not like, reconciled to God, then, then you're missing 
that ultimate healing, that ultimate peace. And that has to be what, what truly drives the rest of our healing, the rest of our peace. That drives our relationships with those around us, with our family members. And so if you don't know Jesus yet, I want to invite you to. Like, come to Jesus. This is, this is an important thing. Be reconciled to your heavenly father through the death of his son. And the way we begin that is by repenting of our sins, just saying, I'm sorry for the ways that I have put myself in my ways first, God. And then placing your trust in Jesus. Jesus is big enough to forgive me. Jesus has paid the penalty. And that's where your faith in God begins. That's not where it ends, but that's where it begins. And that's how we begin a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so if that's you, I want to invite you to do that. Please come see me after the service, and we can, we can kind of walk through that together. Don't let this pass you by. Don't let this moment go. So we can give the gift of peace uh, because of the gospel, because of the good news about Jesus. The gospel also makes possible the next two gifts, right? We want to give the gift of peace, but there are three gifts. We also want to give the gift of respect to our family. Uh, we want to bring the gift of respect for our parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, cousins, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, everyone in our family. We want to bring that gift. And so I want to focus on a few key relationships. First, children. This is for you. If you are a child or if you have a parent, respect your parents over the holidays. Uh, Proverbs 15.20 says this, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Maybe you have a parent that you get along with real well, a father or a mother, and you don't like the other one as much, or you just don't get along with them as easily. Well, this one says, you know, don't do that. Don't separate them. Uh, bring joy to your father. Bring joy to your mother. Uh, and first of all, yeah, I guess I kind of am talking to all the kids in the room, right? If you're a teenager or, uh, or younger than that, uh, think about how you're treating your parents this Christmas. Typically, they put in a lot of work at Christmas. I'm, I'm realizing this as I get gifts for Elijah and, uh, and, and think, enjoy thinking about him. Like, they are planning a wonderful day of Christmas, spending time with you, reading the story of Jesus, uh, and they love you, and they're showing you that. And so uh, show them respect. Uh, uh, make sure that you're treating them with honor. But I'm also thinking of our adults in this room because you all are also children of your parents, right? Maybe some of your parents are gone. Maybe some of your parents are here. Uh, but there's also an opportunity to make sure that you and your family is showing respect to your grandparents. How can you include your grandparents in the day as well, in the, in the season, that doesn't mean like they set the agenda for everything, but uh, you, know, you have your family unit, but how can you be loving on them and showing that you care about them? Now, normally, parents and grandparents take a lot of pride in their children, right? Uh, but Proverbs actually reverses this. I thought this was fascinating when I uh, read this. Proverbs 17, 6 says this, Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. Parents are the pride of their children. Usually it's like the children are the pride of their parents. Proverbs reverses this. Uh, parents are the pride of their children. I don't know if I take pride in my parents enough. <laughs> so I want to encourage us all to, to, uh, to take moments this Christmas season and admire your parents. That doesn't mean you have to like sit before them and be like, oh, great one. <laughs> don't have to do anything like that. But just recall to mind and maybe write them a note and say thank you for this or that or I really appreciate this about you. And just say, hey, I love you. 
That's a way to show respect and honor, to take pride in them. Children, respect your parents over the holidays. Now, this implies, parents, uh, that you are also like living in a way that is worthy of respect. And so the second point is, parents, model respect for your children. Uh, you have to treat them, we have to treat our children with the respect that we wish to be treated with. Right? We can't... Um, we can't treat them with disrespect and then expect them to treat us with respect. We have to treat them with respect. And so, uh, speak re- respectfully to them. Uh, speak re- respectfully about others in front of them so that you are modeling that. Uh, and we see this great kind of modeling in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The righteously blameless lives, blessed are their children after them. So if you're following Jesus, like the Book of Proverbs does not make guarantees, it's more of principles, but if you're following Jesus, Lord willing, uh, your children will see that, and they'll, there, something will be in them that wants that, right? And it might not be an immediate thing, it might not happen as often as you want, uh, but, but trust that you're doing the best you can and, and follow after Christ, and that God will take care of the rest. And and there, there, there just is blessing in that. Rather, whether or not your children like, are honoring God and doing the things that you wish that they would do, there is blessing in you following Christ before them and loving on them as, as your heavenly Father loves you. And so that is not wasted. That is not wasted at all. Uh, so parents, model respect for your children. And number three, uh, we show respect by just listening to each other. Uh, There's this gift of just spending time with each other and listening to each other. Uh, uh, Parents listening to children, children listening to parents, and then grandparents. Uh, By listening to each other's stories, each other's opinions, each other's advice, uh, uh, just listening and hearing each other out. Maybe there's a memory or experience that you can share or that you gain from just spending time in conversation. Proverbs 23, 22 through 23, that we read this passage, and this is a snippet of it. But just this idea of listening. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. So there's this, this idea that you can get wisdom, insight, and instruction by listening to your mom or dad parents or grandparents or our aunts and uncles, um, and also by listening even to your children. And so we can show respect by asking good questions over the holidays uh, and listening for the responses. I created, created some uh, conversation starters for you. Maybe one of these conversation starters will pique your interest. You could ask your, your, your parents, so this is kind of a, uh, this way, what was your childhood and teenage years like? Two, where did you go to school? Did you like it there? Uh, Three, what did you look for in your husband or wife? Uh, Four, what do you think of this theology I'm wrestling with? I've really been wondering about this. Five, how have you been encouraged in your faith recently? These are all questions that we can ask each other and then just listen to the response. Over Thanksgiving, I, I was trying to do this, and I was asking my dad some questions, and I learned some really interesting things. I learned that my uncle... Uh, he's no longer with us, but he used to own a really like beat up house on the edge of a lake, and my parents would go there. But like this, this house was like like a horror story house, like like one of those like haunted houses that you never want to go in, and he just lived in it. Uh, and so that's like I just didn't know that. <laughs> it's really interesting. I wish that I could go visit this uh, horror story lake house. Uh, it would be kind of fun. Tell me what you discover uh, when you talk with your parents. Uh, bring back your stories. 
Um, you know, that was kind of the lighter thing. But there are other things that I learned. You're going to learn light things. You might learn some heavier things, too, uh, that will help you understand your own life and pass along wisdom to your kids. So this Christmas, give the gift of peace, the gift of respect, and then the third gift is the gift of contentment. The gift of contentment. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, that sounds kind of like a gift that you're buying for yourself. Do you ever do that at Christmas time where you're like, I'm going to go shopping? Oh, uh, this looks like a good gift for me. And then you just like wrap it up and you give it to one of your kids and they're like, hey, uh, yep, you bought yourself a Christmas gift. Well, this is a good gift. You can do that. You can buy a gift for yourself this Christmas, uh, the gift of contentment. Because your family might make it difficult to have peace. Your family might not offer you much respect. Uh, but Paul learned to be content in any and every circumstance. And that means we can experience contentment uh, no matter the responses we receive. Uh, so first, find contentment in the family God has given you. Uh, you know, I don't give this next verse to say you always have to like go home uh, for the holidays, uh, but I just found this to be a fascinating verse. Proverbs 27, verse 8, like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. And there's ways to flee like geographically from home, mentally from home, emotionally from home, uh, from the place that you, you grew up at your family. But I think this is an encouragement to try to find contentment with the family God has given you. Like God placed you in your family. He could have chosen any other family. There's plenty of options, like, like four billion options. He chose your family, and he put you there. Uh, and so that means God wants you there. God wants you to experience the family that you're going to be experiencing Christmas with or the holidays. And so uh, let, that, let that change you, and, and don't run away from where God has put you. It doesn't mean you always have to be there or can't have good boundaries, uh, but, but be there. Be present where God has you. Uh, but what if you don't have family, right? What if uh, you don't have family or you're not able to spend uh, Christmas with uh, them for whatever reason? Well, it's just, just a good reminder to seek contentment in your heavenly father. Uh, seek contentment in your, your eternal family. Our, our, our earthly families are, are not always safe. <laughs> they are not always wise. Uh, they can uh, cause a lot of problems. But our heavenly father is always safe. He is always wise. He is our refuge. Proverbs 28, 25 says this, the greedy stir up conflict, but those who trust in the Lord will prosper. I don't think this means like, oh man, you're gonna get like the best Christmas presents from God ever, uh, you know, like the, the new car or whatever. Um, but actually, I think you will get the best Christmas present, which is God himself, uh, which is peace with God, contentment with what God is giving you, eternal security in him. See, it's through a relationship with our Heavenly Father, that we will be able to extend peace and respect and to know contentment. It's by knowing God that we can give these things, that, that it's through His Holy Spirit that makes all of these things possible. So as you go into your uh, Christmas season, uh, pray. Pray that God would give you the, the peace you need and would help you be a, a minister of peace. Pray that He would help you... Uh, Model that respect that you want seen in your family and that, that he would help uh, you show respect even to those people that you have a tough time respecting. And most of all, would he give you contentment through a relationship with him? Would he give you that ultimate and, and like final uh, internal security?
So give the gift of peace, respect, and contentment to your family this Christmas. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for our families. Our families are a gift to us. Uh, and yet I know sometimes it can be difficult. It can be awesome. It can be amazing. But it can also be challenging. And so, Lord, uh, I don't know all the families uh, in this room. Like I don't know all their extended families or what they're doing for Christmas. But I pray that, that they would enjoy time with you uh, and that, that, would, uh, that you would be the one who, who gives them peace, respect, contentment, and they're able to share it with others, Lord. Lord, we love you. We need you. We pray for the offering. Would you bless it? Uh, bless our time together with our church family. Uh, we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.